if it's one thing that I've learned from doing podcasting as long as I have, is if a brother or a sister podcaster is in need and going through a hard time, you do what you can to help them out. Chris Rotker from Boots to the Face podcast and his family has gone through a very difficult time as of late. Their son, Trey, was rushed to the emergency room and has since been in the hospital with what they are calling a rare genetic blood mutation that has caused a stroke in his spinal column. They also, upon further analysis, found a brain aneurysm as well, which they're trying to remove or minimize or what have you. So, with accordance with Josiah from What For Apparel, I am pleased to announce if you head over to whatforapparel.com forward slash Team Trey right now and buy a t shirt for $21 right there at that site, part of that sale, part of those proceeds will go directly to the Rucker family. You stay strong, Trey, and we hope to see you 100% very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another great episode of the Ringside Rant. This week, we have the honor of having from Rocket 95.1, from Cassio's Cut, and from What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, the Colonel of the Candy Liquors, Cassio Kid. So you're not going to want to miss a second of this interview coming up next. And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome back, Ranters. I have the honor of sitting down with the Colonel of the Candy Liquors. He is <laughs> Conrad Thompson's stunt double stand-in. He is Casio Kid. How you doing today, my friend? What's up, man? Thank you for having me, buddy. Hey, anytime. I'm- Big fan. Obviously, you're uh, the. Th- I guess you could call you the you know, the third wheel. The you know, the third amigo of what happened when uh, with Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Um, I've been called worse by fans of WHW. <laughs> and ironically enough, it's probably been over the last probably about week or two, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I divide the room when I'm there. So uh, half the people like me and half the people don't like me, but that's fine. I'll take heat. Heat's better than no response at all. Well, exactly. You know, you get that old that old adage of uh, the wrestling business. You know, you get any reaction is a good reaction. Just as long as it's a reaction. If they, if they take the time to tweet how much they hate me, I feel like that's a W in my book. Oh yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where you go on you go on Twitter or something nowadays, and I'm like I'm plugging people in, trying to plug stuff for people, other other content creators, and you know wrestlers or whatever. And I go type it in, and oh, you're blocked by this person. Okay, I, I, I've never talked to this damn person a day in my life. How the hell am I blocked by them? I'm like, ah, screw it, I don't care. 
That's what Twitter should add. Twitter should add a list to show who you're blocked by. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, amongst these other updates, we're supposed to get through uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. You know, it's like, yeah. what the crap? I'm like, I have a hard enough time keeping up with Twitter half the time, let alone all the rest of the uh, social media. But I wish I wish I could see a list of anybody that had me blocked. I feel like I, even if you don't like me, I just feel like you don't like my humor. I, I feel like I'm not offensive enough to make you block me. So I would love to see if there's anybody out there that, officially has me blocked yeah it's gotta be i think there's some sort of uh program now you know, you gotta subscribe to it and you get like 65 emails an hour or something saying that x person had you blocked i'm like oh that that's oh, great geez. i'm like i'm just i'm just trying to get blocked by one of the one of the wwe <laughs> guys or something so i can say hey i'm blocked by you know jeff jarrett or whatever but um yeah it's just yeah who, nobody wants to be nobody wants to be blocked from like travis and canada you know canadian travis they want to be blocked by uh stone cold you know what i mean well see but the thing is though i i've i've kind of made travis's head a little bit bigger now because i've actually came with a t-shirt with a t-shirt exactly and it's yeah, actually popular well don't don't tell him that tell him nobody's bought it Eh, well you know, I don't tell him that. Tell him there's another Canadian Travis. Well, of course, I'm sure there's more than one Travis in Canada, <laughs> but you, you know, he's uh, you know, he's actually coming down in August when Tony's up here in Rochester for a baseball game. I said, hey, if you want to stop out, I'll get tickets because my shoot job has season tickets out up here for the uh, Red Wings and. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get tickets when Tony's up here and, you know, kind of shoot the shit and have him uh, come down before he goes up to uh, up to Toronto for uh, the show up there. So SummerSlam, yeah. I, uh, I just saw him. I did the uh, WHW run in St. Louis and uh, Baltimore. He actually got to uh, he got to make both shows. So it was uh, fun to hang out with him. Yeah, I, I keep on razzing him. I said, hey, it must be nice, uh, you know, because your wife is I don't know if she's invisible or inflatable or something because i can't get away with this shit going to baltimore and going to st louis and one uh one weekend but uh but yeah it's uh he pulled it off he pulled it off it's probably because he's canadian you know not, not everybody can be mad at a canadian you know <laughs> he does seem like he could he could talk bad about me and i wouldn't care because of his accent his canadian accent well yeah, but the thing is though it's like everybody thinks that you know for the longest time uh, everybody thought that i was canadian i'm like dude i live in rochester I, i'm from buffalo i'm like yes i'm two hours from the border but i'm i'm not canadian i i you know i say about well, a lot of times but you know not there's anything wrong with being canadian but <laughs> that, that accent it, it, wherever you just described you are that's basically canada everybody here in alabama so well yeah and, and it's just like okay well, and you think okay well where's alabama oh go south Okay, how far south? Just, just keep yeah. on going. If you, if, you, if you hit the Gulf of Mexico, you went too far. <laughs> we actually have a sliver. You can actually get there for a sliver of the Gulf of Mexico with us, but that's it, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Now, I have my uh, my uh, stepbrother actually has his daddlers down in Alabama, and uh, I always used I always razz him because, uh, was it a couple years ago, it was uh, – Notre Dame. I'm a big Notre Dame football fan, and they played Alabama in the championship. And of course, I'm like, yeah. there's not a chance in hell you could have God on your side in Notre Dame. There's no beating Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> They're a machine, man. They are a machine. 
it's just unreal with the, the with Co- that program. College football is life for everybody down here. Well, yeah, it's and it's one of those. I talked to a lot of, like I said, my buddies in in, in Georgia there, and a bunch of uh, I know a bunch of people down in Florida, and he's like, yeah, it's just you hit Friday night, you could basically rob houses in the southern states and get away with it because <laughs> everybody's at high school football games. Yeah, well, especially in Alabama, they you know we don't have we don't have any major league teams. Uh, we have a couple of Double uh, A baseball teams. Um, and that's it. So when it comes to, you know, like everybody that if you're an NFL fan, which, you know, everybody's an NFL fan, basically, but NFL fan, everybody, you know, in your group is mixed because you just pick a team when you're growing up unless mm-hmm. you, you know, came from somebody else. But if you're from Alabama, you just pick a random team mm-hmm. that you like when you're a kid. Who's the coolest at the time or whatever. So uh, and then the Braves are on TV and they're one state over. So there's a lot of Braves fans here. Uh, but, you know it's not as passionate football is what we have and so we have college football and you have alabama and you have auburn and uh you know that that is the gospel here when you when you meet somebody in alabama and they go hey i'm from alabama oh, i'm from alabama too who you root for they immediately and they're going to judge you based on that <laughs> i forget what was it uh it was a couple of years ago it was it auburn that has that tree that they uh you know they hang yeah, they have tumors corners yeah they have Tumors Corner that has giant oak trees. They've been there, of course, hundreds of years. And after every win for the Auburn Tigers, uh, the fans go out to Tumors Corner and roll the trees. And they roll now. It's it, it's now transformed into the whole intersection, basically. And uh, you know, it's a beautiful campus and beautiful trees. And they roll it with toilet paper. So it and it's just you know that's the thing. It's just fun to roll the trees. And uh, yeah, a few years ago, there was a guy named Harvey Updike, who was an Alabama fan. And he got tired of uh, Alabama winning, so he went and poisoned the oak trees and now killed them. And they, they literally had to cut them down Jeez. and take them out of there. Hundred-year-old trees, and just because he was tired of Auburn, he poisoned them and killed them. Served jail time. Yeah, well, I can imagine. It's like I don't know what the specific you know sentence he got or whatever, but I'm like – I because I, I saw it ESPN or something up here, and I'm like, man, it's, when you think – you know, college football <laughs> is dull. Holy hell, that's, that puts a whole nother spin on it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's, like I said, that's our pro team. So that's, you know, everybody else is a casual fan. You know, it's hard to, you know, hockey, everybody now is uh, in Alabama is a Nashville Predator fan because they do really well. Or you mm-hmm. might go over to Atlanta and some, some Tampa Bay. and mm-hmm. But w- without having a games you can go to, you know, it, it's not as passionate. So college football is the highest level we have. And we take it to heart, buddy. We get, we're 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 die hard. Yeah, you don't get more. You get up towards uh, you know Canada part two up here. You get all the uh, hockey fans up here in Buffalo and ha- what have you. And my grandmother would probably roll in her grave if she figured that I wouldn't be cheering for uh, for hockey. But uh, yeah, this, <laughs> are you not a hockey fan at all? No, I am. I just there's not sometimes there's not enough time in the day between you know keeping up with all the wrestling in the world and podcasting and podcasts and it's like i'd rather i'd rather turn down a ball game or something whether it be baseball or what have you and listen to you know whw or the conrad thompson of uh podcast or you can you can never keep up with all of conrad's podcasts you got to have like a rolodex or something to figure on like you know what full-time job i'm like i i had him on a while back 
And I'm like, I don't know how you have enough time in the day or what have you between, you know, all the podcasts, the mortgage business, and, you know, actually having a personal life too. It's like, holy God, he's got to, he's got to have the patience of a, uh, of a mother Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he, uh, you know, being around him as long as I have been and as much as I am down here, uh, it's definitely changed over the years. Yeah. Uh, if you, uh, uh, we used to call it the summer of rad and, uh, that was party Conrad. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, it, I think, well, last year we joked that he, he has a pool at his house at the Conradison. If, if you know what that is, if you listen to his podcast, they call it the Conradison. And mm-hmm. I think he got in it like three times a whole year. And I'm like, dude, you have one of the best pools in the state of Alabama and you got in it three times. He's like, I just, there's no time and podcast equipment can't record in the pool. So (laughs) (laughs) because I got stuff to do. Well, if, if there's podcast equipment that can record in the pool, he's the man that could figure it out. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. If he doesn't have it, it doesn't exist on the podcast deal. Yeah. Well, I'm just waiting for the day where you get the Conrad Thompson podcasting network and actually have Casio's cut be part of that. Um, you know, big fan, you know, <laughs> big fan of of your podcast, big fan of uh, every once in a while I get the Rocket 95.1 uh, app on my phone or something and, you know, plug it Thank in you. and just listen to it from up here in New York. I'm like, God, you just, when you ever need a chuckle, you know, get get to the podcast, get to the, uh, the radio <laughs> or what have you. And, you know, it's, it's great nowadays with the way the social media is and technology where i could listen to you guys for in alabama from new york you know it's uh radio i started in radio and you know in college i started an internship i i went to college at first for computer science because i thought i was good at computers and uh and then i saw what really that meant and i said no 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 i, I take that back i like <laughs> to talk on aol instant messenger and create a geo cities website that's what i like to do um <laughs> So I took a year of computer science at community college and said, what am I doing? And a buddy of mine I knew uh, that worked at the radio station, he asked me if I would come down and be an internship with their morning show. And at the time, in Gadsden, there was a morning show called Rick and Bubba, and they were, uh, they were radio gods, basically. And uh, I, I, uh, I went and interned with them, and I ended up getting hired on afterwards, uh, became part of their staff. And luckily, I was uh, basically the story of my whole career, my whole life, is right place, right time. Uh, as soon as I got hired, uh, they signed a new contract with a bigger company and moved to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and then that next contract, they were number one again, and uh, they became the highest paid radio DJs in the state of Alabama ever on a contract. And uh, before I knew it, I was with them from 97 to 03 when I moved to Los Angeles, and in that time... They went from, we, we broadcasted in a old veterinarian's office in Gadsden, and at the end of my run in 03, uh, they had their own personal studio that they built, not in a radio station, just their own studio, and they were on uh, over 60 stations nationwide. Mm. Um, and that was all in the process of, you know, six years. They're still running, they're still, they got 100 affiliates, and they're rock and roll, a nationally syndicated show. So, uh, but again... You know, I got into radio, and um, radio is a yeah, its a different demon. It's weird. It's uh, me doing podcasting. You know, that everybody said that, that was, that's an offshoot of kind of a radio, and now everybody can basically have their own radio station. And But I, I still think it's a little different. 
being in terrestrial radio, uh, everybody said satellite radio was going to kill it, and it didn't. Um, I just think wherever you are, you want to hear the the local guys talking about local events. You want them to be accessible. You want to, you know, I just before we record before we're doing this, I just got through, uh, you know, doing an appearance at a car lot uh, with the radio station. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and people want to come out and shake your hand and say, hey, you know, that thing you did was funny last week. And they, you know, say, hey, we're a real person. And so you can say hey to them. And they want to hear the local weather and the local sports and the local whatever. And, you know, th- sure, there's people that's going to be listening to satellite radio and, and are listening to their podcast in the morning. But I don't think regular radio will ever die. I think everybody's going to be always need a place for local radio, even though it's changed. And like you said, we, you know, we got we got people like you listening in New York and uh, we get messages from, from all over the world uh, coming to our email inbox and our Facebook. So it's really weird, uh, you know, branching outside of whatever your city is. But I, I think that's the beauty of technology. It's a little scary, but once you figure out how to embrace it, uh, I think it can help the whole system and everybody can work together. Yeah. You know, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, I can relate a lot to that because back, I graduated college in 06 with a media communications degrees, a lot, a lot of the like, like you as well. And being, I was actually the sports director for the radio station for three out of the four years. And mm-hmm. going back and looking at it compared to now, we actually had to use an actual phone for call-ins or <laughs> you actually had to, you know, hit play on the, on the CD player to play music yeah. now it's all you know digital and you know computerized yeah. and it's just it's amazing what you can see the difference it's like just a matter of i'm like oh my god i feel old as crap now <laughs> <laughs> you know when i did uh when i did radio uh, for college when i was you know you do your internship and then you start taking your classes and they we had a, a local radio station uh, at the community college and, and they were running it literally off of reel-to-reel, which is, you know, basically tape, a gigantic cassette tape. And, you know, and you're having to change those out. They all have, like, three hours of music, and you couldn't deviate from that music list. Whatever was on there, you had to play. And then, like you said, you graduate to the CD era. They called them carts. And we had carts, which were, like, eight tracks, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you move to the CD, and now it's it's all pre-programmed, ready to go. The whole, the whole next day is ready to go. Yeah, it's amazing because, you know, I got the regular shoot job now and I'm always looking to, I'm always looking to get in back into, you know, whether it be broadcast or marketing or promotions or whatever. And it's just, it's like, okay, you need this, this, and this. I'm like, holy crap, what the heck, what the program, what the hell is that? And yet I'm like, it goes back to, you know, I get the old Conrad Thompson and Adam Rotella uh, advice. Google is your friend. Google is your mother. Yeah. Go to Google. <laughs> Oh, in your Google machine, you can learn whatever you want to learn. I mean, that, that is the – that's it makes quote-unquote experts out of everybody, but it also, you know, it, it can help you out of a jam. Uh, uh, the worst is when somebody claims they're an expert, but like you said, all they did was watch a YouTube video on it, and you're like, okay. Buddy, I could do the same thing. I'm trying to actually learn something, though. Yeah, yeah, believe, yeah, believe I, it or like not. YouTube, I feel like YouTube videos, you can watch them just enough to get by with something, and you're like, I don't know exactly what I did. I just know I did something. <laughs> As long as I got to the end. Yeah, you got to the end of the video. You got the end of what you needed to get done. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "What'd you? How'd you do it?" I go, "I don't know. I just followed the video, and I'm done. I'm not going to look back on it now." 
Throw it in your Google machine. You'll figure it out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but like we mentioned before, uh, being the third, quote unquote, third wheel, third amigo, third stooge, whatever you want to call it of WHW, <laughs> uh, big, big weekend last weekend, uh, first in St. Louis, then in Baltimore, uh, there, there was a picture took in good, good okay. sayer of words of, uh, of yourself. <laughs> You're wordsmith. Of before, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and of yourself, I got being a part of the WHW Patreon. I got from, I won't mention any names, uh, Justin Davis, um, that <laughs> sent pictures over on, uh, on the Discord service there. A lot of rumor, rumor innuendo has it yes. being that people just kept on feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. You mean feeding me as in liquid, not with food. Exactly. Okay, yeah. And yeah I was going to say, no, I was feeding myself food, but <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, the, the shots were plenty in the St. Louis show. Now, uh, shots of what specifically? Um, I know, uh, I know Efren was shooting, uh, was sending over scotch. Ooh. Scotch, 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 uh, which uh, I don't even drink Scotch, so uh, yeah, that tells you how fast that was going down. <laughs> uh, anything else after that is, is like you said, rumor and innuendo. Well, you know, and especially I would have to actually, you know, send it out to the lab if Efren's sending you Scotch. I want to make sure <laughs> that's actually Scotch, though. Oh no! Yeah, there's no telling what was what was dipped in it. Uh, I just know I drank it, uh, unfortunately. And the next thing I knew, I was mooning the crowd in St. Louis. So. And Efren, yeah, and Efren was right behind you, apparently, from what uh, from yeah. what. Yeah. Uh, no, well, that, rumor has it. that got him out of his seat. That got him out of his seat pretty fast. I I, f- I figured he'd have a seat right next to Tony or an, uh, Tony anyways to hold his hand or rub his knee or rub his leg or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. You know, well, I'll tell you, uh, that was a, uh, I heard we had a great time in St. Louis. Uh, I'm not sure, but I heard we had a blast. Uh, but that, but that is the, um, you know, you, we, we joke about the, the beauty of technology. Uh, that is the beauty of what has become the low key big hogs and the Tony, uh, Shivani group and, uh, all the supporters of WHW Monday. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's fun to, Find people that have the same passion as you, the same love, and of you know at this point it just happens to be wrestling mm-hmm. that particular group, and uh, it's just a bunch of fun dudes, man. It's just a bunch of fun guys, and people have made friendships out of that. That's it's, it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it's one of. The I mean, who, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say who. I mean, who would have thought? You know, flash flashback, whatever, five, ten years, and go, we're doing live podcasts at at, at comedy clubs. You're like, what? What do you, first of all, what's a podcast? And then how are you going to take that on the road and have people, why would people want to come watch you record a show? And it, it just works brilliantly. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And of course, you know, Conrad and Tony, that there's, those are two of the best that's ever done it right there in their specific field. So when they get together, it's just a, it's an absolute blast. And the fans, everybody that I've met on that weekend, just so nice um, I, I didn't meet any of my haters. It's funny. I, I get a lot of hate on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I know they have to come to the events, but none of them come up to me. I, just the friendly people come up to me at the live events, which is good. And unfortunately, in St. Louis, most of the people liked me and kept feeding me drinks. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, any any reaction is a good reaction, whether it's, you know, positive, negative or indifferent, you know, and, you know, trying to explain to my wife that, hey, my friend Travis or my friend whomever, whatever. Oh, did you meet him? Well, no, he's in Canada. Well, oh, well, and then you try to explain, <laughs> oh, it's through this, it's through the podcast. What's a podcast? Oh, son of a bitch. What the hell? Now I got to explain that. And it's like, yeah. it, it's just, just here, Google it. <laughs> Throw in the gold machine. You know, it's, uh, it, yeah, that's the beauty is, um, I would have never thought ever, you know, one that we'd, I, you know, there's a while when it first started, you know, I, I, I kind of thought being a, being a radio guy, quote unquote radio guy, um, I kind of, I kind of fought the, the podcast system a little bit. Uh, and then when you, you know, like everything's new and you realize what it is, it, I, I, you know, I didn't. I realize it's not really an attack on radio. It's something totally separate. It's it's, you know, it's you can get into niches and you can get something to talk. Let's talk about something specific. Uh, so I, I think that was that was how podcast to me kind of um, kind of changed the game. Was when it went from people just trying to do their own basically radio station in their basement to you know what? Let's have a topic. Let's do this. Let's find the same. The you know. I want to get to those people who we all have the same likes, and let's let's do this in common. And that's the beauty of it. And I, and getting into this podcast world, uh, one seeing the success of Conrad and all his, and then uh, me just starting mine, of course. You know, it's it's such a supportive group. It's such a nobody's like, hey, you do another podcast now, you're the enemy. It's hey, we're all in this together, and let's support each other, and and. We're doing crossovers, and we're, you know, like us, we're talking right now. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this this podcasting world. It, it's it's something I never expected it to be, and I, I've had a blast and been amazed watching what podcasting has turned into, and now getting into the community that is podcasters, it, it's it's absolutely been amazing, and it, and it's cool to reach. You know, we joke about Canadian Travis or. Uh, my dude's out in Oklahoma, and I got guys that message me for my podcast that, that listen in Australia. And you're like, well, you know, this is the beauty of podcasting is it'll reach, and if it gets the word out, that's all you hope. It just gets to people that are interested to it and at least give it a shot. And from there, it'll take care of itself, and we can all, it, you know, it kind of brings the world, makes it a little bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was- just by listening to your last couple podcasts on uh, Cassio's Cut, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it it's it's fun just listening because it's you're talking shop, you're talking to comedians, you're talking to Tony, you're talking to Conrad, and it's just you you look at your phone whether it's iTunes or whatever, and it's like holy crap, it was an hour and a half, holy crap, that was quick, <laughs> and it's just you get onto a topic and you just go, and that's the way that. Just whether it be podcasting community or wrestling community or whatever, you you just go whatever topic it may be. Yeah, that's uh, look. I, I'm not smart enough to be creative. I'm not going to be Dan Rather and have a hard hitting interview. So so far, uh, I've pretty much known everyone that I've had on my show. Which, like you said, I want that feel. I, I've always thought. I think everybody that's kind of entertaining jokes. It has that deal where it's like, hey, if, if we had, if my family had our own reality show, we'd be a hit. Cause I, and I think that's why reality shows are a hit is because, you know, they, they, they are, we all have a family member that's crazy and wild and have funny stories. And it's the same thing, you know, with Tony and Conrad, say Conrad specifically this past 
uh, two episodes ago was Conrad Thompson on my show. And, mm. you know, he said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I don't know. If we plan something, that's not going to be – that's not who we are anyway. I said, let's just let's just talk. Let's cut on the recorder and start telling stories about what we've done because, you know, you do that anyway. We When we have friends come over and they're new friends and wasn't there at those stories, we tell those stories and everybody's – you know, we're holding court and having a good time. So why not share them to the world? And if you – know, that's the podcast. And you feel like you – you feel like you know whoever you're listening to. I'm sure people listening to you, mm-hmm. like you said, you're friends with a guy in Canada you've never met. Mm-hmm. I mean that—that's the beauty of it. And that's what you wanted to feel like. You wanted—you wanted to feel like they're listening, they're in the room with you. Hey, and we're just having a drink together and we're sharing stories because that's what everybody does anyway at a party. So let's all do it and share it and hope it likes it. And uh, luckily, you know, it's on the for my level. Luckily, it's turned out very good and everybody's loved it and. We'll see where it goes from here. And, you know, Conrad's, uh, his love for wrestling bled through. And, you know, he jokes now, especially it's different than when he first started. But when he first started, he was just a fan, quote unquote, just a fan. And I think that's why it took off. He was asking questions, not that wrestling interviewers usually ask, but he was asking questions that all of us wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the beauty of why his his system works and why he has puts out such great content and uh, luckily I, I joke I'm the Gail King of podcasting I, I'm, I'm luckily best friends with Oprah so <laughs> I, I get to do my own podcast and get the Conrad dust sprinkled on me along the way you get a car you get a thousand dollars you yeah. get this so now if you're friends with Conrad you get a podcast and you get a podcast <sighs> you know he kept telling me to do it and I said man I don't I don't know what I, I don't, I'm not going to be doing right you, you know because he's got his set it's him and Tony, him and Bruce, and him and Eric, and, uh, and so he's got his own deal. Every him and Jr. and mm-hmm. and now soon him and uh, Arn Anderson. So he's mm-hmm. he's got the guy to bounce off every time, and and I've got to feel uh, my weekly deal is is finding somebody to talk to, and uh, so I told everybody, uh, my jokingly tell every all my friends, they're like, who you got coming up? And I'm like, look, when you hear that I'm interviewing my wife or my dad. Just know that I couldn't find a guest that week because that's that's so far, so far that's been the hardest. I mean, you know, you, you've got to know. Yeah. The hardest part to me is is getting somebody because everybody wants to do it. Uh, you know, I know plenty of comedians and and plenty of people like that, and it's always yeah, I'll do. It. I'll be glad to do it. And then, but finding time that you both have free time to sit down and actually record that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's part of me that goes, I wish this would have been a monthly podcast. That would have been easier to put some interviews in the can, but uh, so I joke. There's going to be a time where my my next guest is Big Booty Judy, my lovely wife, and that means I was too busy this week and didn't find anybody. Well, either that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, it's either that or you know you can't. Uh, you know she's out of town or something. You know, God forbid. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like when you used to see uh, the Tonight Show people, any of the late night shows, when they have an animal person on. Uh, me, me working three years for Jay Leno on the Tonight Show, I learned quickly that animal guy from the San Diego Zoo, that means a guest canceled and they had to bring somebody in. <laughs> so whenever you see the animal people on, just know somebody canceled on one of the late night shows and that's their standby to book. So I, I told my parents... And friends here, my co-host in the radio, he's everybody keeps asking me, 
here on the Rocket 95.1 here in Huntsville. Like you said, you've listened to us on the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody here goes, hey, when are you going to interview Jimbo? And I said, I see him every day. I've got to wait till I'm in an emergency situation because he's easily accessible. i got to get all these people where I'm having to call and figure out what we can get down together. So, uh, you know, that, that's the hardest part of podcasting so far. The, turning the mic on and, you know, you, you get Conrad, you get Tony Schiavone, you get a comedian uh, that I know that I've worked with so I know how to get him cranked up. Uh, so far, that's been the easy part is the actual recording and the content part. Uh, but I know there's going to come a day where I, I've called all the friends I know, and now we're going to have to actually book some guests and actually work out with some stuff. So, so far I've been lucky, and we'll see how it goes from here. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that, you know, been doing this for uh, about a little over a year, and it's like you got to factor in, okay, well, you got I'm on the East Coast, so-and-so's like yourself's in the Central Standard Time, so-and-so yep. could be West or Christ, I've had guys over from the U.K. or Ireland or what have you. So it's like, okay, so I'm in the East Coast. That's five plus one. And, like, I I didn't get into podcasting to do math. So Right. I, I, I didn't prepare for test well. That's why I'm in radio and a comedian right now. So I, don't, I can't be doing it to set up a guest. You know, and, that, and I definitely have the face and the look for podcasting. So that goes without saying. <laughs> I have a face for I have a voice for newspaper and uh, a face for radio. So, <laughs> but that always works, yeah. But you know, the last last like you mentioned, you had Conrad on a couple episodes ago, and I found it fascinating that your fixation with vodka and infinity pools. Um, how do you get an actual <laughs> vodka wall? Uh, he he has a. Uh, well, that was my gimmick is it was actually Conrad's house. And I just, you know, once you're at that time of the night and you're throwing darts at any dartboard you can find, so to speak, uh, it now becomes your house. Um, so he has a in his basement of the, of the Conradison, he has just a tall wall that's got I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the whole wall, but his bar part has four shelves in it. So it basically goes to the ceiling in this part of the bar. And um, he basically had all the. The party liquor, the brown liquor, as I like to call it, on the left side. And then he had your clear liquor, vodka and tequila and all that on the right side. So when you start buying all the flavored vodka for the girls, it ended up being a whole wall of vodka, basically, it looked like. So that was that used to be my gimmick is, hey, ladies, you ever seen a wall of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can always take a lap in my infinity pool after you take a couple shots of vodka, too. Um. <laughs> exactly. The infinity pool didn't hurt. That was a good view right behind the bar. Oh, there you go. And I'm like, the sad part is, oh, after during that episode, I'm like, okay, pause it or whatever. I'm like, what the hell's an infinity pool? Then I had to, oh, throw in the go. Oh, okay, now I know. <laughs> yeah, it's just a pool, basically, where one of the sides, it looks like it runs over and goes forever. So uh, yeah. it looks scary uh, when you first get in it looks like you're i'm like look my fat ass is going to roll over the side of this pool but uh luckily nobody's been injured at the conradison wow that hey that's always a good thing you know i'm, I'm sure being in the mortgage business, he's, he's got enough of people in the business that can actually you know get those claims out there what have you yeah as hard as, hard as we've partied there the fact that no one's got injured that that's a good sign to me well hey that's always a plus of my book <coughs> so between you know, the podcast between Rocket 95.1, you actually find time to actually be a stand-up comedian as well. What, you know, what have you taken from the podcast and the radio radio gig 
you know, to that stand-up uh, set? Uh, another for the podcast yet. I think it's too early. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing stand-up since I did my first open mic in about '02, and then in 2003, uh, which is when I mentioned I left the the uh, radio show, the syndicated radio show. I moved. I left because I moved to Los Angeles and I uh, wanted to try my hand at being famous like everybody else that's in their young 20s. And uh, so I, I uh, you know, loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly, as they say. And uh, I started going to, uh, I, I wasn't really a, a stand-up fan uh, at that time. I mean, I was a fan of stand-up comics, but as far as getting up there and doing a routine, doing a set, uh, that really wasn't my thing. My focus when I moved to Los Angeles was... Um, was stand-up, uh, was improv comedy and sketch comedy. I wanted to do Saturday Night Live or if you remember Mad TV or whatever mm-hmm. the deal. So I almost moved to Chicago and went to Second City, but I decided to go to Los Angeles and ended up uh, going to the Groundlings School of Improv where uh, people like Phil Hartman and Lisa Kudrow and uh, Will Ferrell and uh, people like that went. So that that's where I went. I, I liked improv and sketch more than I did stand-up, but... Uh, you got to be kind of versed in everything, um, and uh, I, I, when I was going to class, that's when I, I walked up on a jaywalking segment for the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, uh, and did a segment with him, and then ended up working with him for the next three years doing kind of man-on-the-street correspondence stuff while I was going to Growling School, and uh, then I moved back after about four years, I moved back to uh, Alabama, as fate would have it. Uh, both of my parents got sick at the same time, basically. Uh, my dad had a uh, massive heart attack. He lived, but I, I had to. Uh, I kind of stayed with him for a little bit. I, I moved back home for just a minute. I told myself I was going back to California, but I came back to Alabama and had to take care of him for a few months, uh, kind of you know, get back on his feet and recover. And about the time I was going to go back, my mom got breast cancer. And uh, so I kind of did the same thing that I did for my stepmom that I did for my stepdad, uh, I would kind of, uh, I just said, you know what, I'm going to come back and I can stay with them during the day and, and uh, that way that, you know, my step-parents didn't have to miss much work. So, I don't know, you know, fate brought me back to Alabama and uh, as you can imagine, there's not a thriving culture of sketch comedy and improv comedy in Alabama. It's not it's not the entertainment hub. So, uh, I had to get back into stand-up and that was actually a hard, that was actually a hard transition, um, figuring out how to do uh, improv and sketch and translate that to on stage because they're they are absolutely they're both in the comedy world but they're two different uh, demons uh, and you know I would see when I went to the Groundlings I would see they would have classes or shows uh, every night at the theater they had and they would bring in celebrities to kind of be like the guest person you know kind of like they do for Saturday Night Live have a guest host basically. And I saw some stand-up comics that went up there, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was Louis C.K. And uh, this was, you know, before. Well, actually, I guess it was right in the middle of him masturbating in front of people. But <laughs> this is before everybody knew he was doing that. Um, uh, he came, and you know, he was on top of the world. Louis C.K. was hilarious, and he came and did it. And literally, like in the middle of the show, he was like, "I'm, I'm not doing it anymore." Not like everybody was laughing, but he was. He was working for a setup and a punchline like you do in a stand-up comedy routine, and that's not how improv is done. So, you know, I it, 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 he laughingly like quit the show in the middle of the deal. It was it was 
that was actually pretty hilarious. But, um, I, you know, I had to figure out how to make that transition, and I tried out for Last Comic Standing and made it for from a few rounds. It was it was a funny moment in my career. Um, I was on the Tonight Show doing the correspondent stuff for them, so I would I would appear there. We would film and between writing stuff and filming stuff, I would have a segment on you know basically every few months, and. While I was on there, uh, two of the bookers for the Tonight Show at that time, Jay Leno, were part of the judges for, uh, they were helping book Last Comic Standing, and uh, they were like, you should try out uh, first, you know, we can get you to the front of the line where you don't have to stay, you know, you can imagine, when Last Comic Standing came to Los Angeles tryouts, the line, there's comics galore, so it was wrapped around the block seven times. And uh, so, they, you know, that was one of my perks was get to the front line and at least get in front of the judges. And because everybody else, you would have to tell your set to somebody else. And if they thought it was funny enough, then you got in front of the judges. Kind of like American Idol set up. And um, I did my I did my first – the first audition you did in front of the first group uh, was like three or four minutes, which – it's not even time to really set up any of my jokes. I'm a, I'm a real long joke guy. You know, I, I do. I t- basically tell stories and drag it out. So for me, that style was pretty quick. Uh, but I worked on it and worked on it and got down to the – I passed the auditions and got to the top 50 in Los Angeles. So we had to come back. And once you got to the top 50, uh, you did the live show where they actually record it and they got the judges out there and they're going to give you the live feedback in front of a live audience and so at the top 50, now we're signing paperwork and waiver because we're going on television. And I get to the green room, and I realize I am in way over my head immediately. I get there, and Doug Benson and Gabriel Iglesias and uh, people like that were on there. It, I remember, I don't know if you remember Family Ties, but mm-hmm. Skippy from Family Ties was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he does like a Vegas residency, and I'm like, this is like a, a you know a minor league ball player, and I got called up to the Yankees for some reason. I'm like, what what the hell am I doing in this green room? I, I'm I'm worried about my seven minutes I'm doing tonight, and they got they have thirty minute Comedy Central specials. Uh, so I was like, I'm pretty sure my my road's going to end tonight. So, but it was fun, you know, it was fun to go up and 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 do that and tra- transfer my characters. If you listen, if you ever listen to my radio show, if anybody out there wants to give it a shot. Um, like you do on the app, uh, WRTT Rocket 95.1. I do a bunch of characters uh, on there as well because that goes back to my my groundlings training is is creating characters, and that's that's funnier to me. As far as stand-up comedy, I'm awful at writing. I don't have a notebook. If you've ever seen like Seinfeld where he's got – he's kept every sheet of paper for, you know, 50 years. I'm awful at that. I I do – there's a lot of times I go on stage and I'll start – throwing out extra lines to some of the bits I already have and they work successfully and I get through and I'm like um, I probably should have recorded that because I don't remember what I said but I just remember everybody laughing uh, so uh, I'm actually I'm actually a shitty writer when it comes to being a stand-up comic but I, I like I like making that challenge and I figured out how to make it work for myself and and figured out how to uh, if, if you ever get to see me do stand-up um, I you know, I talk to the crowd a lot and interact with the crowd a lot, and some stand-up comedians don't like doing that. You know, everybody's different. That's why it's an art form. Everybody's kind of different on there. So radio and sketch improv or improv, you, you kind of you drag the segment out, and we're just going to get to a 
We're going to get to the end. You know, radio, i got to fill time every morning, and then we'll get to a big punchline at the end of whatever it is, 5, 7, 10, 12 minutes. Go on a big punchline, cut the microphones off, and go to break, and that's kind of the end of that. And then when you're on stage, you're like, if I don't have a laugh in 12 minutes, they don't care what that, how big that last laugh is. So you got to figure out how to punch it up, as they say. So it's a, it's, it's weird juggling them all. You know, podcasts, like I said, it's kind of so far been me turning on the microphone with people I know and let's tell some stories and be funny. And then stand up, you, you know, you got to have your routine. You got to know what you're doing. You got to have your set list down. I'm going from here. I'm going to here. I'm going to here. And, it, uh, but, but I think me, uh, having improv training myself, if something goes awry or if somebody yells out something in the middle of my show, it doesn't really throw me off. I kind of get excited and like, when I, now, don't take me wrong. Don't don't all y'all drunk asses ever come to one of my shows and <laughs> ah, he loves it when people yell at him. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, you, there's always going to be a drunk ass that yells something. It just it's not going to throw me off and it's going to be fun to do and and interact with them a little bit. No, yeah, definitely. I, I've seen a I've big fan of when uh, I don't know if it's still going, but the last comic standing, like you mentioned, uh, but. When you do, you have any like walk-up music to when you, when you do your your sets? Like, a, I'm, I know you're a big Two Chains fan. Um, do you have any walk <laughs> walk-up music for that? Uh, yeah, I've had you know I rotated. It's kind of like a baseball player walk-up music. You kind of get tired after a while, but you have your go-to's. Uh, so sometimes when there's a when there's a hot song that I'm kind of feeling, I'll, I'll switch it up. But uh, my go-to's, uh, I kind of get. Um, I kind of get the. Uh, I walk out and I start dancing, so I usually have something dancing. Maybe some two chains, but uh, here's are more for the strippers. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, I come out. I usually come out to something kind of whatever the you know like a the most famous rap song at the time, whatever's hot at that moment. I'll come out to one of those, and I kind of dance on the stool. I just kind of. It just kind of breaks the ice because when you walk out on stage, you know people ask if I ever get nervous on stand up anymore, and I think you—it's not even nerves, but you know you do have the butterflies or whatever. You're just kind of running through, what am I going to do? And you're, you've kind of judged them based on what you've heard them do for the other comedians that went up before you. Uh, so it's not really nervous, nervous, but it's—it's it's, you know it's some kind of nerves. It's butterflies, and I—I I still think that's a good thing if you get that. It means you're ex- excited to be doing it. And as soon as you walk out there, crowds are judging you. They're automatically going, hey, you better be funny, you fat fuck. I paid money to get in here. So I guess kind of break the ice. I mean, because if not, there's just quiet, hey, I'm adjusting my microphone and I'm putting my T-shirt on the stool and my water bottle and now i got to move the mic stand out of the way. And uh, So I just... You know, there's some clubs that don't play music, but if they play music, I, I get I get a, a heater, man, and I, I want some jams, and I get out there and kind of freak on the stool a little bit, and it just throws everybody off, and it, it immediately relaxes everybody. Like, look, he's you know he don't take himself seriously, so let's just sit back and have fun. I I, I I hate people that come with a serious attitude to a comedy club. You're there to have fun, so why not relax and have fun? So I just kind of I just try to loosen the moment and shake my ass because look. Comedy gold is always a fat guy dancing. There is, it, it cannot be beat. It's undefeated. Fat guys dancing always win. That's why they're all over the internet. You get a fat guy in a speedo dancing by the pool, and you have comedy gold, son. 
Either that, you could be like this uh, this superhuman dude that's on Twitter now that's jumping into. He's awesome. Oh my god, he's absolutely fantastic. I'm like, when you feel when you feel bad about yourself, follow him. Now he has, I think he has a YouTube now. It's like holy shit. Now he's gonna he's gonna be jumping into uh, a wheelbarrow full of uh, barbed wire. I'm like, God, what? juggalos and juggalettes. He'll be like it. Woo-hoo. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean like. What, I mean, first of all, I look at the. First, I remember first time I saw that. Uh, shout out to my buddy Doug Markham, uh, referee, and uh, he tw- he retweeted the guy. I was like, "Hey, this is one of my favorites," and I clicked it. And I'm like, "What? What is this? This is the end of the internet. We need to shut it down after this." And then next thing I know, thirty minutes later, I had run through the guy's whole Twitter feed, watching all his videos, and I was like, "Damn it! He got me! Now I'm subscribed." <laughs> Like, they pull you back in. I'm like, you think you and, get away, but and you know can't. he's o- you know he's over when Joey Janelle is now quoting his juggalos and juggalettes before he jumps off the top rope. He's over, man. He wins. Oh my god! And it's like I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, how how is he not you know making merch out of this or making you know making some sort of money off of this? Because I'm like, that's yeah. like, that's t-shirt gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Uh, look, Mur- he he's got to capitalize. I mean, he, somebody's got to get a hold of him. You hope it's not the wrong person. You hope it's somebody that's really looking out for him. I mean, that that's the sad part is uh, I know stories of some viral guys. We had a we had a guy actually from Huntsville, Alabama, where I'm living, where I'm from, and uh, he went viral. He was the hide your kids, hide your wife guy. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, vaguely. Throw that in your Google machine if you're listening. You don't know. Uh, he was on a news interview, and uh, he was in Huntsville, and there was a guy, uh, there was a serial rapist going around, and they decided to interview this guy, like, you know, the concern of the citizens, and he went on the, he went, <laughs> he went on the news uh, clip and was like, hide your kids, hide your wife, they rap it, they raping everybody out here, uh, and, I mean, he went viral fast, and, uh, but I know for a while he was selling tons of merch and doing appearances, and unfortunately he got, uh, I believe he got hooked up with the wrong manager and, you know, ended up not making that much money and, and the guy swindled him out of some, but uh, last I heard. Uh, so, you know, you, you hope these guys can take advantage of it but get hooked up with the right people because you're right, he, he's sitting on gold and merchandise right now. Uh, he's just sitting on a ton of it if he can get it out there. Well, but it's one of those things too now, it's like, you could go back to with Conrad and like he's like the mayor of Blue Chew Land, I guess you could say, because <laughs> you know it's like whenever you think Blue Chew, and this is gonna come out wrong, but and I apologize now, but whenever you think Blue Chew, you think Conrad Thompson. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. What, you know. What be well, I remember a time early on, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't even know if this is he might have said it on his podcast or not. I, I'm pretty sure at one point, uh, I know they they ask him. This is early on, put you when he, you know, when the shock of all those ads, and they're still they're the best ads on podcast now. Is anytime somebody talks about Blue Chew, but when they first started coming out, you're like, what in the world? They're talking about dick getting hard gum. What's happening? Uh, and the, you know, and he, he's he's a great pitch man. So when he was pitching it, you know, we were all listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at one point they asked him to stop doing advertising. Because they were literally out of product. They needed to catch up after those popped off. So, 
That's when you. That's when you know your podcast is over. Is when you're doing dick gum ads and, <laughs> and they're selling out of it. And now, like you said, they're gigantic and they, you know, that's the beauty of getting the word out and getting hooked up with the right podcast. That's beautiful. I mean, if he had, if Superhuman Guy had somebody on his shirt at the same time instead of the ICP shirts, that'd be gold right there. Wait, but it's all about, you know, going, we'll go back to, you know, going through school and going through college and learning, okay, it's about what you know. And then now it's like since I've been doing the show and, you know, going and doing the backstage stuff I do at a local indie promotion here. And I'm like, you know, that's bullshit. You know, now it's about what or who, you know, it's not about what you know anymore, you know, because you got to, you know, cross brand like we're doing here. And especially what Conrad does, too. And amongst all the other podcasts, too. So I talked to. uh you know, I do, my co-host here, Jimbo, is a uh, in Alabama. He's a radio legend. He started in Birmingham and mm-hmm. uh, is up here with me now. Uh, and you know, we we jokingly say all the time. He's he's like I I've been in the radio business since 1979. Not one person's asked me to see my communications degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's like anything. Are you good at what you do? And then can you? Do, then part of the deal is, do you know somebody that can get your foot in the door? And if you get your foot in the door. Then show them what you can do. Uh, they, they're not going to go, hey, do you have a communications degree? No. They go, oh, I heard your tapes. I heard your previous radio show. Or if you're in wrestling, I, you know, I saw you saw your highlight reel. You, I saw the video you sent us to, of, of all your highlights. And you can either do it or you're not. They're not going to go. I mean, you could toss out where you got training, I imagine. Uh, but they're not going to, you know, that might help a little bit. But still, you can have all the training you want in any field. If you can't do the damn job, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, you know, it's what Conrad was telling me when he was telling me to start a podcast. And I was like, I don't know if anybody listen. I don't have, I don't have, you know, uh, Tony Schiavone or Bruce Pitchard or JR or Eric Bischoff as a co-host that's going to, has that immediate name recognition. Uh, and he was like, it doesn't matter. Do the podcast. If it's good, people listen and it'll get bigger and bigger. And then you, you know, it's like Joe Rogan. He's half the time you're like, oh, I could get a million hits too if I could get, you know, so David Letterman on my episode was like, yeah, but he worked his ass off to get to that point. And he knows how to do a damn interview with somebody that makes him fascinating. And like you said, he's one of those where you look up and you're like, what the hell am I doing watching a YouTube video of Joe Rogan interviewing somebody for three hours? What the hell is going on? Yeah. You know, and that's if, the beauty of it. If, if, if pod- podcasting, if anybody can do it, if Jay-Z Flair can do a podcast, <laughs> anybody can. You know, and I, you know, I mean, it, but it works itself out. It does. If it's good and you can get the word out, then people will listen and it'll grow and it'll get bigger and it'll get bigger and it'll get bigger. It's, but it's like everything else. If the product is not good, then nobody's going to listen. It's real simple. Yeah. I had, I had to send them. There's a bunch of uh, stuff going through Twitter now. Oh, Jay-Z Flair's the first one year anniversary of him being the Bojangles champion. And I'm like, all right, now I got to do a video. So I sent a video to him and I know. I know he appreciated it. I'm like, oh man, I gotta give him a shout out or something, cause I just his his promo he did with Tony at Starcast. Uh, Fantastic. And you you look at Tony and Tony's not trying not to laugh and Chelsea's trying not to laugh <laughs> and you know and I'm like you hear the laughing in the background and I'm like, oh my god, he's probably God Tony's probably pissing himself trying not to laugh so much, but. Um, and then I'm sure Efren's right there look, with a he's, he's one of those 
Jay-Z's one of those guys, Jay-Z Flair, the Bojangles champ, is one of those guys uh, that, I don't, you know, if I didn't know personally, I'd be like, what? This guy's a, well, he is a maniac, but I, it, it, it would be even more, this guy's a maniac, you know, and getting to meet him and interact with him. I just saw him at the uh, at the uh, Baltimore show for WHW, mm-hmm. and you know, love him to death. And you, you know, he's passionate about what he does. Look, not everybody would be happy being the Bojangles champ. My man Jay Z is okay. Mm-hmm. So take something, run with it, and look what it's turned into. Everybody knows him as the Bojangles champ. If I would have told you, just me and you talking in two years ago, and go, hey, somebody's gonna have a Bojangles biscuit belt, and you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And now, now there's people wishing him congratulations for one year being the Bojangles champ, and he's got promos of Tony Schiavone. That's that's getting your gimmick over, and that's getting your stuff over, my man. Well, then, then I tell him like before I before I even met him and stuff, and by meeting I mean online and all that crap. But you know, you don't meet anybody in person anymore now. So um, <laughs> it, when I met him, I'm like, what the fuck is Bojangles? He's like. Are you kidding me? I'm like, dude, I live in the north. I don't know what anything's going on in the south. I'm like, I got KFC, I got Popeyes, and I got um, what the fuck was it? Uh, Swiss Chalet years ago. And what was it? What's the last one? Swiss Chalet. It's like um, it's like grilled chicken, pretty much. Swiss Chalet. Yeah, it's like um. Yeah. How do I explain? I think you looked that up in Urban Dictionary. That's a sex move. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> the old Swiss chalet, my friend. No, I, I, it's hard to explain. It's uh, it's like a marinated chicken. I, it, it's yeah. Anyways, he's like, you gotta know what Bojangles is. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, so I Google it as usual, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I actually did have it when I was down, uh, down in uh, Virginia one time, and I'm like, oh, now I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He lives his he lives his gimmick. He loves it and does it. 110%, and that's why it's over, my friend. Well, no, in, you know, we kid as much as we do, and we, you know, we poke fun at it, but at the end of the day, you know, he's gotten it over. He's 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 the best at what he does, and that's what it is. And I'm just surprised that he's licensed to carry a weapon. And, yes, an actual <laughs> weapon. I'm not talking about the weapon that he claims uh, every night that's in his pants. I don't want to know that. Right. Save it for the podcast. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, he's protecting the streets somewhere where he lives. That's that's a deal. I'm I'm scared to live in that town. Or, or, imagine or, imagine getting pulled over in your town, and the guy and the and the cop comes up to your door, and he's got the Bojangles strap around his shoulder. You'd be like, "What am I getting myself into?" It's a it's like okay, you look over here, you look to the left, and then you're bang, you hit you with the right. It's like holy, I'm like what happened? I'm like now now you're knocked out or dizzy or something. It's like. Man, you, you Sir, quit staring at this spinner chicken biscuit <laughs> on my belt and give me your ID. <laughs> give me your ID and registration. Don't look at the spinner. It's glaring in my eyes, sir. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, are you, it looks like your eyes are intoxicated. No, it's the glare off your head and your shiny chicken biscuit belt. And those damn white sunglasses. I thought cops are supposed to yeah. have aviators. <laughs> white shades, that's him, buddy. Oh my god. I you know, before, you know, I used to be wearing contacts all the time for my eyes. I'm like, screw it. I, I gave up and I wear wear uh, wear glasses now. And before that, my wife bought me white um, white Oakleys. And I'm like, oh, oh I, yeah. ha- I had to take a picture of it and send it to him every once in a while so I know I'm part of the part of the uh, 
uh, the clan or, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that, that screams that you're on a softball team down here in the South. Oh God. Yeah. But, la- yeah, but the last time I, yeah, last time I uh, played softball, I dove for a ball in center field and almost knocked myself out because I landed on my sternum. So <laughs> <laughs> the white shades down here, that your, your professional travel softball guy. Oh, well, there's there's plenty of those guys up here. Trust me, you know yeah. you get these yeah. guys that wear. I'm like I I was one of those guys for a short time with the uh, the sh- baseball pants and tall socks and the cleats. And I'm like, I got to the point now. I'm like, shit. Now we're ju- now we got kegs at each base, and now we're getting hammered. And I'm I was like, about to say that's the kind of softball. Like, hey, we're we're getting we're having some beverages and having some fun. I'm like, you, you know, you're having fun when you actually have to crawl home. So <laughs> uh, that's called St. Louis with WHW. Oh jeez, yeah, you get or or Starcast, you get uh, Sterner Dale coming out with some edibles or something for Tony or whatever. It's like, oh not, yeah, yeah, not, that, not, that got out of control. Not, now, now you're uh, now you're eating a hole in the wall or going to Seven Eleven or something and getting uh, a crap ton of uh, uh, biscuits or something. <laughs> I think it was Conrad that said it best. After St. Louis, I look like spilt fuck. <laughs> If you know what, if you want to know what spilled fuck looks like, go over to the WHW. I believe it's that picture still up there on uh, their Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> but we've uh, all been there. Oh god! Every, but the sad part is though, there's a reason why everybody has a story, and my story is I'll short. Uh, long story short, I don't drink brown liquor anymore or clear liquor anymore because I went to Puerto Rico and I don't remember about six hours of my life. <laughs> Yep, that, that'll do it to you right there, buddy. Yeah, and in, in, you know it's bad when your wife has to call your father to kind of put you your ass in the bed and you can't move. <laughs> what are you doing, son? Well, let's just say it was a wedding, it was open bar, and a lot of vodka. You see, you know what a wall of vodka is now. Yeah, what? Well, you know why that pitch is so successful? A wall of vodka always works. Yeah, but the problem is, so I was seeing like four or five walls of vodka. That was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like I, it's like I said. If you ever, if anybody ever goes back and like you've heard uh, my interview with Conrad on my podcast, Cassio's Cut. If you ever hear in the middle of summer of rad, which is when we were at our peak partiness, uh, I woke up one morning in his house and I said, I'm not sure. If I am at the lowest point of my life or the highest point of my life, but I can't wait to see what we do tomorrow. <laughs> well, see, if you're at the lowest part, I think you'd, if you walk away and your your uh, your tail hurts, I'm pretty sure you're, it's probably your lawyer life because <laughs> you either drank a lot or had a lot of food or both. And yeah. Well, first of all, he shouldn't have steps going down when you've been drinking, okay? It's oh. on him for having a nice house that you have to go to the basement to get to the wall of vodka in. Or, or, or like the story you told on your show, you actually you fall down the stairs, and uh, yeah, I slid down basically. I was I was basically sledding on my ass down about uh, thirty stairs. Oh jeez, it's like a, it's like a it's like a clip from uh, the show on MTV, ridiculousness. <laughs> it was like uh, if you ever watch Family Guy when he hurts his knee and he sits there for like five minutes. Oh, <laughs> I just kept falling. It's like I. It's like I fell and rode an escalator back up and somehow fell down the stairs again. That's what it felt like. Uh, that makes it for a bad morning. <laughs> Where did these bruises come from? I don't know. <laughs> my, my whole 
The whole left cheek was a bruise. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and I, I was sure to show everybody the next day. Oh no, well, that 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 remind, well that brings me back to Puerto Rico too. Let's just my whole my whole chest was uh my whole chest was a bruise because apparently uh when you run to go to the bathroom and you don't make it and you slip <coughs> on the tiles and you kind of do a head header into the uh, floor in the toilet so. <laughs> you went you went face first into the stall. No, it was in the hotel room down in Puerto oh, Rico. Oh. And but you landed on the toilet. Well. Sort of, kind of, well, the bottom of it anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Well, yeah. Jeez, you were, you were fuck that night. No, no, yeah, and my wife tends to remind me of that every time I go to have a have a drink of vodka or, or brown liquor. And you remember Puerto Rico? Yes, dear, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, me and my, my lovely wife, Big Booty Judy, been married just over two years, and uh, we went on our honeymoon uh, to Cancun, and, uh, you know, they have, you know, you know how it is down there. Once you get on the resort, they don't want you to leave, so it's, it's uh, you know, basically free food and free alcohol. And uh, we did this one day of our uh, honeymoon, and we're in the pool, and we go, like, we eat lunch and then get in the pool, and we're like, hey, 4 o'clock, we're going on this adventure, excursion, they call it, of course, mm-hmm. where we're going... We're going uh, ziplining through the jungle, okay? And so we're like, all right, we got time to kill. So we get in the pool, and they're doing all these games, you know, pool bingo and, and pool whatever, dance contest. And then they got a, they literally got a mechanical bull that they bring out by the pool. And, I mean, it's insane. And my wife goes, okay, I've got a massage scheduled at 2 o'clock, 2 to 3, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back here, and then we'll load up and go to our excursion go zip hunting i'm like got it so it's about one she goes i'm gonna go get ready i need to change i'm gonna shower and stuff and she goes you coming up and i said no i'm gonna stay in the pool i'll just be in the pool i mean i can still go on my swim trunks to the zip line and you know we'll be all right she's like okay so i belly up to the swim in bar and proceed to make friends with everyone from around the world and i have drink after drink after free drink and the worst is when you're at an open bar is to do shots because there's no need to do shots because you have all the time in the world. But for some reason, I felt like we needed to do them. And um, so by the time she came, I, I was I could barely get out of the pool. I was so I was just pure liquid at that point. And uh, we we get to we get to the bus to go ziplining. And the guy is like, no, nah, he's not going ziplining. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? And she, he's like, he, he's way too drunk. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she, I'm not too drunk. To z- Just hook me up to a cord and let me swing through the trees. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what What I got to be sober for? And he's like, you're proving my point that you're way. And she's like, look, I promise he's not going to cause a scene. He's about to go to sleep on the bus. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to pass out. I need a nap. <laughs> and she's like, look, he'll nap. He'll be ready to go. She's like, how long does it take to get to zip lining? He's like, it's a 45-minute bus ride. I'm like, perfect, man. I'm going to be good when we get over there. So we had to talk our way onto the zip line. And I will tell you, I remember her leaving for the massage. The next thing I technically remember is about halfway through the zip lining excursion, it's like I became sober in midair and went, oh, my God, I'm over the jungle! I mean, it was it was the scariest thing of my life, 
And we get through that, and the next day, uh, we're walking around this resort, uh, and literal strangers are calling me Alabama. They're like, what's up, Alabama? What's up? And apparently I'd made friends with everybody at the resort and didn't remember any of them. She's my wife's like, who was that? I'm like, I have no idea, but I guess we're buddies. I guess we're buddies. Guess we partied in the pool yesterday. I don't remember. But, yeah, that was we tell everybody. She was so mad. I was like, we almost got a divorce our third day married uh, because of the open bar in Cancun. There, nothing can good nothing good can come from a swim up bar. Trust me. <laughs> no, no, the stools were even underwater, so you're just like half out of the water. It was perfect and what? dangerous at the same time. Well see see my, my trick was I could actually drink <coughs> a drink and actually smoke a cigar at the same time. I don't know how I did it, but Ugh. apparently there's a picture out there somewhere of me smoking a cigar and drinking one of those little fruity girly drinks or whatever i'm like i have no oh, idea how i got it either one of them but i did it <laughs> like, like before then when was the last cigar you smoked before then um yeah before that time. never uh let's see that was two years ago see, if you're having to think about it it's, pr- it's proving my point yeah <laughs> It just made, it makes you do things, you know, like, what, what What in the world are you doing smoking a cigar? That would be me. Yeah. No, I, the same, same thing with cigarettes, too. I'm like, I haven't smoked a cigarette in probably about, about 13, 14 years. I'm like, ain't gonna happen again, because that was another reason why I don't drink Johnny Walker anymore. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that was a bad night in the city of Buffalo. <laughs> You, you said, yeah, that, look, that, it can get away from you real fast. It depends on the situation, and we've all got those certain liquors that you go, ah, no more of that. That one's written off the list. It should be all alcohol, but you just go, ah, you know what it is. It was tequila. Oh, yeah. And you're like, no, it was it was you drinking ridiculous. Like me now, I'm like, yeah, after, uh, after Efren fed me all those scotch shots and everybody else, I'm not having scotch ever again. It's like, that wasn't the problem. It was you drinking heavily. Well, that, and then you don't know. Guy, guy, I, I love Efren. I'm sure you do, too. But I'm like, you know, it's like, you can poke fun. It's like, you don't know what's in that. But I'm like, you know it's good. <laughs> I'm like, what's I'm like, that? this tastes a lot like cattle tranquilizer. What's happening? I'm like, why, why does this taste so salty? I don't know. Um, <laughs> why do you look like Bill Cosby all of a sudden? What's happening? Why, why is it black? Why, why, why does it look like chocolate pudding pop? Um <laughs> But, you know, lastly, you know, to close up shop tonight, you know, I appreciate you, you know, very busy guy that you are. I appreciate you coming on. Um, big, like I said, big fan of, you know, you you being a third, third wheel, third stooge, third amigo, whatever you want to call yourself. WHW, you know, been listening since day one. Um, and obviously with uh, Casio's cut as well as uh, the radio station too. Lastly, you know, just plug anything you got coming up, whether it be stand-up or shows or what have you. Uh, the, you know, the easiest uh, the easiest is just to find me on social media. Uh, like you mentioned, the podcast is out. We uh, were about to release, uh, depending on when you listen to this, uh, episode nine. And uh, it's been a fun ride. That's Casio's Cut. C-A-S-I-O-S-C-U-T, Casio's Cut. You can go to casioscut.com and see everywhere. You can listen to it wherever you listen to this podcast right here. Uh, wherever you ranters are, you can listen to the Casio's Cut as well. 
Um, and you can find me on social media. I'm at the Casio Kid on Twitter. At Casio's Cut is the podcast Twitter. And that's the same thing for the podcast. At Casio's Cut everywhere. Instagram, Facebook as well. And uh, my The Casio Kid, uh, that's me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm, look, I'm shameless. I, I, whenever I got a gig, I'll be heavily promoting it. And uh, so uh, just follow me on social media. Uh, let's become friends. Let's hang out. Like we said, we're all friends now through the Internet. Mm. So uh, I appreciate everybody following me. Check out the podcast. Uh, I ain't promising it's going to be your favorite. I just want you to give it a shot. So uh, everybody give it a shot and we'll have a good time. Um, I'm not sure. When when is this come, When is this specifically coming out? This will be out on uh, uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, okay, perfect. When, so whatever that so you drop you. <laughs> So your, your your podcast drops the same time mine does on Tuesdays. We both drop on Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, at this airing, at this time, it'll be uh, my episode this week, and you're the first person to know about it besides whenever it comes out on the Internet, uh, is uh, Conrad's Birthday Bash. We recorded at the bottom of the Conradison, oh. and it is me, Conrad Thompson, Dave Silva, and all of our wives. Oh boy! And um, yeah. we uh, we played a little Would You Rather. We ended up uh, just surfing Urban Dictionary. We told some stories, uh, so it was an absolute blast. And I look forward to you guys hearing Conrad's Thompson's 38 birthday bash special. So, well, definitely looking forward to that. And believe it or not, the next week's the episode after yours is Dave Silva. Believe it or not. Yeah, Dave's. He, look, <laughs> if, if if somebody doesn't know who Dave Silva is, he's one of the greatest guys in the world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you'll get into it with the Dave Silva episode. He does so much behind the scenes work for so many podcasts that you love. He's got a great story to share. Super entertaining. I've uh, I have been honored to get to know him uh, over the past year or so. And uh, he's just a great dude and uh, very, very, very funny, very entertaining, great hard worker and does fantastic work for all the podcasts that he is involved in. And apparently from the one of the last tweets from uh, Conrad, uh, he's uh, an expert at the Dutch oven in a vehicle. Um, I saw that. I saw he was trying to bomb Megan as she left. That was uh, it tells me what kind of guy he is now. I, I I think he's hung around you guys too long. I think I don't know, <laughs> you know. And with, with with all due respect, of course. But um, <laughs> well, I, RJ, I, I, how long have you been married? Oh shit! Uh, October will be uh, ten years. Okay, so here this will tell you. You say you say he got Dutch oven for me. This will tell you mine. I've been married just over two years. We still haven't broke the seal yet. We hadn't farted in front of each other. Oh crap! Hold no, no pun intended. But what about you? What about you? Shit, we 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 friggin' we go to the bathroom with the doors open now. <laughs> you know, it's the difference. You can relate. You know, you get that. my my <laughs> wife would flip out if she walked in on me with the bathroom door open oh my God, and I was using the bathroom. You get that? It's it's. I tell everybody, I'm like, we. My wife and I have been married ten years in October. We'll be together. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, we'd be together sixteen years dating all that stuff in september christ you get that two to five year window you don't think each other craps that's the thing yeah and you're you're yeah. turning on fans you know you're spraying aerosol you're playing music okay. you you could tell her you could you could distinct uh distinctly pick out her brand more than any, over anybody else's if you had to judge oh yeah yeah m- not me <laughs> i have to go hide in 
the closet, turn the TV on in the other room, and then, you know, it sounds like a bat got caught in a ceiling fan in the guest room. She's like, what's happening? And I'm like, don't, don't pay attention. I'll get this bat out of here soon. <laughs> we, 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 a bird stuck in the window. I'm trying to get it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I have to go seven levels of, of depths of health to get away from her, or she would have an absolute fit. But... Look, it's I know it's coming. Uh, it's it's coming. Uh, but right now, you know, because here's the deal: once you break the seal, they get to break the seal. So right now, I like having a wife that doesn't fart around me. But I know that's going to change soon. Well, see, but that that's also the thing too. When you you know you break the seal between your wife and yourself, then you have kids. My my seven year old son has can play ball as far as farting with a basketball, <laughs> and it's the funniest crap that you've ever it's like <laughs> where did you get this you're your mother's son no you're your father's son i'm like now we're blaming each other it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah you gotta love that no kid no kids is a game changer right now we just have dogs so uh we just can both blame it on the dog and move on so but yeah sooner or later it's, it's gonna happen oh yeah well blame everything on the dog why not but uh, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on today. It looks like the, it looks. See, last time I played video games, I was playing. Uh, I was playing a hunting game on uh, on my PlayStation. Yeah. And I was drinking beers on the couch. Forgot it wasn't real. I stood up like I was in the deer stand, and I pissed off the front of the couch. <laughs> uh, and then and then I blamed it on my dog when my wife got home, and she hit, the look on my dog's face. He was looking at her like, no. Don't put that on me. He needs to rub his nose in it. It smells like a damn GED and ranch dressing. That is clearly his damn pee spot, not mine. <laughs> well, yeah, but the problem is, though, it looked like it was like your pee blood. It looks like red now. It's like, I don't piss red, you know? <laughs> or or you, you drink enough Mountain Dew or energy drinks or whatever, it starts, like, changing colors like purple or green or something, you know? And then it's, you know, you might want to consult your doctor after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But all seriousness, like I said, appreciate you coming on. Hopefully this is the first time. Hey, anytime. Morning. Thank you for having me. And uh, definitely all the ranters out there, check out Casio's Cut wherever you get podcasts. It's, you know, definitely, you know, if you don't know Casio Kid, give him a shout out. Give him a follow whether, wherever you get uh, your podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram social media in general it's always a good time and definitely subscribe to uh i tell everybody my favorite my favorite podcaster is rj close enough i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> but believe it believe it or not people have said it worse um <laughs> i love it i get, love it you get that long polish name everybody's cruise sure i'll take it um but is it krasinski is it just like it looks yeah krasinski Oh, yeah, that's easy. It looks worse than it is. Exactly. That's what she said. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had to marry her. Exactly. You know, it had nothing to do with anything else, I swear. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> on that note, we'll leave it on a high note. So <laughs> everybody, give Casio Kid a shout-out wherever you get podcasting, and we'll be back next week with the – man, the myth, the legend, the other man, the myth, the legend behind WHW and the Conrad Thompson of – Podcasting Network's Dave Silva. Yep. Well, there you have it, Ranters. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is in the books. A big, huge, ginormous thank you goes out to Casio Kid for coming on today. It was finally 
Uh, it was finally great to actually sit down and chat with him. Uh, big fan of his podcast. So if you go over and follow him on Twitter at the Casio Kid, as well as subscribing to his podcast, Casio's Cut, wherever you get podcasts, uh, definitely give him a five-star review. He does an absolutely phenomenal show as well as wherever you get apps, whether it be the App Store or Google Play, go download the Rocket 95.1 app, just like yours truly, and make sure you listen to him every single day in the morning, morning drive. So if you're at the office or if you're on the road, plug it into your car or earbuds or whatever. Make sure you listen to him as well. But coming up next week, we are going to have uh, Dave Silva, who is the uh, the brains behind the Conrad Thompson Empire of Podcast. Looking forward to another great episode uh, of Ringside Rant with uh, with Dave Silva. But if you head over, subscribe to the Ringside Rant wherever you get podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, or Spotify. Wherever you get podcasts, we are going to be there. So give us a five-star review, and I'll give you a shout-out just like my man Turbo uh, for giving us a five-star review. Uh, appreciate you, my man, and keep listening, as well as everybody else that has listened to this episode and uh, before and after as well. Head over, give us a five-star review. Go over, follow us on Twitter at underscore ringside rant, or you can follow me at RJ. Head over to whatforapparel.com slash ringside to get all your great apparel, including, as we mentioned, the I Broke Canadian Travis's Hand right there, as well as Bald is Beautiful, and also, I Don't Need a Belt to Be Over. Get that shirt right now in numerous colors. Give a shout out to What For Apparel, my guys, Josiah as well as Adam over at Kayfabe Tees. Go give them a follow on social media as well. And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation.